Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we will take your faith and the powerful Word of God and make them as practical and relevant to your job, home, and hobbies as your favorite pair of blue jeans are on a Saturday. And since I do firmly believe the Bible is helpful and relevant to our daily lives, we're taking a look at what it says about marriage. It says a lot, and marriage works wonderfully when we do it the way God has outlined in His Word, the Bible. There are a lot of misconceptions about what the Bible says, and we're correcting those. So whether you are newly married, soon to be married, or been married for a very long time, I hope you'll enjoy this podcast and learn a lot, and that your marriage dramatically improves, thanks to God's Word. And this is Episode 7 in our series on how to give your marriage a tune-up. And we're concentrating on guys for these few episodes. Ladies, your turn is coming, but not quite yet. We've still got a lot of work to do with guys, right? You know, the Bible tells guys that we're to love our wives, dwell with her understandingly, lead her, honor her, and not be bitter toward her. So we're covering those topics individually on each podcast. We've already done the first couple. Now we're going to do one on how to be a leader. The husband is to be the leader. He is to lead his household, period. That's the job God gave you, guys. He didn't give that to your wife. He gave it to you. So buck up and learn how to do it. Hopefully with this episode, you will you'll do a lot better at it. Ephesians 5.23 says that husbands are to lead their wives and families, similar to Jesus leading the church. So we're going to look at how Jesus was as a leader, and I'm going to go back over my life as a husband and father and see what worked and what didn't work, throughout what didn't work, and apply what did work to this podcast to be an effective and godly leader. In your marriage and home. So how do you do that? I've got about seven things that we'll talk about. And when you're done with this, you will know. You'll know how to lead your family. When you got married, you accepted the position before God to lead your wife. Remember also, when she married you, she accepted the position of helper to you and to submit to you. That's actually part of God's design for things to run really well. Not to put anybody down, but for things to run really well. So remember that. She is therefore vulnerable to you guys and open to exploitation. But don't go there. Husbands, please remember that, okay? And don't take advantage of her or lord your position over her. That's totally opposite of what you're supposed to be doing. You cannot lead her well until you love her biblically and dwell with her with understanding. So before you really delve into this one, hopefully you've listened to the previous two, where I talked about how to love your wife, the way that she understands it, the way that she loves to be loved. And then the previous episode, we talked about how to dwell with her understandingly and what that means. Both of those were probably surprising to both you and your wife. And yes, it's okay for her to listen to these too. So she can hold you accountable, right? (laughs) Now, hopefully she's on board knowing what you're trying to do. 
And she will see how awesome your marriage is going to be when you do these things, including serve her. Yes, you heard me. Serve her. The best leaders humbly serve the people they lead because it helps them do their job better. And you can do that with your wife. Matthew 20, 26 through 28 says, Worldly leaders, those who are not Christians, lord it over their subjects and exercise great authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, Jesus says to us Christians, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Remember, guys, we're supposed to emulate Jesus, just as Jesus was the leader of the church, and Ephesians 5 says that. We're to be that for our wife. How do you do that? Remove the obstacles that are preventing her from blooming into a fantastic wife, servant of God, and helper of you. Find out what obstacles there are that are keeping her from doing her jobs well and remove those obstacles. You find that out by having a good conversation with her. Maybe it'll go something like this. Honey, today I was listening to this podcast, this Christian guy telling husbands how to be better husbands and how to lead their wives and families. And he said that I should remove the obstacles that are preventing you from being a good mom and a good wife and a helper to me and the family. What obstacles are there? What can I help you with or to remove or take off of your plate so you can do the other things really well? I hope that conversation goes well for you both. The next way to lead her is to lead her spiritually. Ensure she is growing in the Lord and maturing as a Christian. This is a great responsibility given to you guys. God puts you in charge of her spiritual growth. Don't disappoint God and don't neglect this role. Recognize times when you need to wash her with the Word of God. Ephesians 5.26 tells you to do that. To use the Word of God like soap to clean out the world's dirt and filth. Like what you see on TV or hear in the news, or maybe she's worried about things or fearful or have anxieties over some things. Show her in the Word of God where God is in control and that God will take all things and work them out for good and find things to be thankful for. And remind her of things where God was faithful in the past, and since he's the same yesterday, today as tomorrow, he will be faithful today and tomorrow too and find promises that God has in the Bible that apply to us. And there are a lot of them. And God loves to fulfill his promises. Guys, your wife is your greatest ministry. Whether you think so or not, God does. Next, as the leader, you should have the final say, but give equal time to your wife's views and wishes. Remember, she sees things from a little bit different point of view, and you need that point of view. And also remember my analogy of the 
two-lane off-ramp in the previous two podcasts. I won't repeat that again, but just remember that's a good analogy where you're both equal, but when you come to the end, when it gets down to it, one of you has to make a decision, and God says which one that is. It's the leader, and it's you guys. Don't let contentions escalate, okay? Don't make things an argument. Calm things down and discuss them rationally. Proverbs 17.14 says, The beginning of strife is like releasing water. Therefore, stop contentions before a quarrel starts. And Proverbs 16.24 says, Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. Remember those. And choose your words carefully. Choose your battles wisely. I shouldn't have used the word battles there. (laughs) Choose how you respond wisely, and maybe you don't at all. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Or in other words, think before you speak, and think whether you actually should speak. (laughs) Great leaders work alongside their co-workers. Work alongside your wife. That's why God made her from Adam's rib. Remember that in, back in Genesis? Because your wife belongs at your side, under your arm as your helper. You two are joined together as one. Even Jesus confirmed that in Matthew 19.5, where he said, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then, they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, whatever God has joined together, let no man separate, including you, man. (laughs) So make sure that, that you act like that. She is a part of you and not an antagonist to you. And also keep working on earning her trust. Just as God has proven he is faithful and trustworthy to you, you should prove yourself faithful and trustworthy to her. Remember, God has your best interest at heart, and you should have your wife's best interest at heart. Next, protect your marriage. Honor your marriage. And respect your marriage. And all three of those take work. Make being a godly husband your priority. Get better at it. The more you work at it, you will get better at it. Learn to be a godly husband. And if you need, seek counsel. Listen to podcasts. (laughs) Read books on marriage. Ask questions. And review your notes annually. Read what God says frequently. Proverbs 12.15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. So it's okay to learn how to be a good and godly husband from someone else, someone that you trust and who's godly themselves. Commit to working on your marriage. Proverbs 13.10 says, through insolence comes nothing but strife. What's insolence? Blind arrogance 
or ignorance or thinking everything is okay. No, you always have to be working on your marriage. It's easy and natural to just let things go. But working on your marriage is hard and it takes some effort. But the rewards are awesome. So give it the effort. Maybe schedule some time during your day or week to just go for a walk with your wife and say things like, I'm trying to work on our marriage. Can you give me some suggestions? Or how am I doing? (laughs) In last week's podcast, I shared a friend of mine that called that was getting divorced. His wife served him with papers. And her reason is because he wasn't there for her. So you be there for your wife. And maybe need to ask her what that means to her. Remember in Genesis 3 when Eve ate the forbidden fruit from the tree and was tempted by Satan? Where was Adam? He wasn't there for her. And look what happened. Be the steady rock and the even keel in your marriage. Not the opposite. Don't be flighty. Don't blow up one day and be nice and calm another day. Be an even keel. That's our goal, guys. Even at work, but especially in our marriage and at home, is to be an even keel, like a rock that you can attach a foundation to or an anchor that a boat is tied to when the seas are rough. And be somebody that's easily approachable. Don't have any eggshells around you. You know what I mean? No drama, no anger, and don't even have the persona about you that I don't got time for you, or I'm too busy, go away. When your wife wants to chat or ask you something, drop everything and give her your full attention. Now, I know there are times when you might have to say, give me a sec, honey, I'll get right back to you. But the point is, give her your full attention. Wives, I'm going to cut in right here and mention something real quick, okay? (laughs) Hopefully this is okay. But you are blessed with intuition. Use that intuition. If your husband is watching a football game and you hear on the screen, 13 seconds left, it's fourth down. They're out of timeouts. They're on the one-yard line. The ball is snapped. The quarterback drops back. Don't say, honey, I've got a question for you. Can you look here real quick? (laughs) Okay. Husbands, except in a situation like that, (laughs) be an example of someone that's easy to have a conversation with. Someone that isn't going to get mad or blow up. Be that example to your kids. And be that example to your wife, too. I'm reminded of Proverbs 15, verses 17 and 18, that gives a couple of examples. I'm going to read this in my own words. It says, Better is a dinner of a crappy salad, but there's love, than a nice steak dinner where there's hatred. A wrathful man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger puts away the contentions and calms things down. So be that guy. Don't put your marriage or your family into harmful situations. Always be wise and discerning. So before you go to the movies, 
do a review of the movie and make sure that it's going to be okay to go to. You wouldn't go to a restaurant that has horrible, terrible reviews and makes people sick. So don't go to a movie that has reviews that way, at least from a Christian and godly husband and father point of view. Don't allow things on your TV at home or things into your home that are bad. Psalm 101.3 says, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who dabble in sin. It shall not cling to me or my household. (laughs) Protect your family. And again, always be wise and discerning. Next, you lead your wife by example. Be the spiritual stalwart in your family. Read your Bible and pray daily. It's okay that your family knows that you do that. <laughs> Deuteronomy 6, 6-8 through eight, Set some standards for your home. Where Moses says, I command you today to set God's word in your heart. You shall teach God's word diligently to your children. And you shall talk of God's word when you sit in your house. And when you go for walks, and before you go to sleep, and when you raise up in the morning, you should know God's word like the back of your hand. And a biblical response to things should be right at the front of your mind. It should be the first things you think about. Pretty admirable commands, isn't it? But you know, you can't really do that if you don't first read God's word yourself. Listen up here. The very best gift that you can give your wife and your children is being an authentic Christian, a godly husband. And again, you can't do that without reading God's Word daily. Now, it doesn't take a long time to spend 15 minutes or so each day reading God's Word and studying His Word and asking yourself, how can I apply this to my life? And then doing it. And here's another practical suggestion. You lead your wife and family, guys, by setting some standards in your home. Some standards of beauty and appropriate attire for the women in your family. And it starts with your wife. Of masculinity in your sons. And that includes masculinity of the boys your daughter dates. If you lead your family well and maintain good standards yourself and require them of your family, your daughter will want to marry somebody just like you. So be the example of the guy you want your daughter to marry. Set standards of character and integrity. Set standards, and what's allowable, of speech, both what is spoken and what is listened to, of entertainment. I already mentioned Psalm 101.3 about that. Teach your family self-discipline. Self-discipline doesn't come natural. It's something you have to teach and work on. It's also one of the fruits of the Spirit from Galatians 5. So allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life and learn how to be self-disciplined. 
being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and not grieving the Holy Spirit with what you allow into your home or what comes out of your mouth. Set the standards that include a peaceful home that's a nice place for your family to come back from the world and rest and relax and rejuvenate, a place where questions can be asked without fear of retribution or judgment. (laughs) Don't have any eggshells in your house. Sweep them up. (laughs) Proverbs 17.14 is one I already mentioned that says to stop contentions before they happen. And every member of your family is respected. And they don't need to perform a bunch of drama to get recognized or to get some attention. (laughs) Okay, and then lastly, set the standard for scripture study and prayer, both alone and together, or personal and family. Husbands, be the stalwart of your family. Be the mighty tower. Be the patriarch. Those are tall words, aren't they? Pun intended. (laughs) Be the John Wayne of your family. (laughs) Strength, power, courage, integrity, being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. Most of today's television programs that have to do with the family don't have a father that's like that. But God's word requires that of you. In fact, when you get to heaven, I'm betting God's going to say, Hey, come over here and sit down. Let's see how you did as a father and as a husband. I gave you the words of how to do it. I even had Kevin do a podcast about it. (laughs) How did you do? (laughs) Hopefully you'll get a great review at that time. So let me end this with four specific things that you can do. Okay. These are biblical terms. That I'm going to apply to your job as the husband. I know these are things that describe Jesus, but they can be said of you too, hopefully. So here we go. Guys, be the prophet, priest, protector, and provider of your wife and your family. Here's how I break down each one of those. Be the prophet. Proclaim and teach God's word to your family. Be the priest, the godly head of your household, the one in charge, who they go to for advice and help. Be the protector. Be the strong and confident tower. Keep evil away from your family. Be the stalwart. Be the guy that prevents and handles troubles. Be the provider. Provide refuge, a sense of security. Make things better. Fix things. A provider is even keel and also a monetary provider. Being the leader of your wife and family the way God wants you to be is a tough job and takes work. It takes kahunas to do it. But that's why God gave you some. 
So buck up and do it. I know you can, and God knows you can. Thank you for listening to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast. I hope this has been helpful. If not, maybe you need to listen to it again. (laughs) Put in some earphones while you're mowing the lawn and listen to this. (laughs) While you're fixing something around the house. Or when you're out for a jog. And when people say, hey, what are you listening to, bro? You can say, how to be a godly husband. From the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast. Aren't you... And remember, you can connect with me or learn more at the bluejeanschristian.com website. Thank you, folks. See you later.